Welcome to Divorce is Not a Destination, the podcast that's here to help you move forward from divorce into a dynamic, fulfilling life. I'm Divorcee and your host, Dr. Lisa Summerhour, and I'm excited to be your guide on this journey. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast today. We have had some crazy things going on around the house today. We're literally waiting for a technician to pull up to do some emergency plumbing work, but as they say in showbiz, the show must go on, right? So I'm Dr. Lisa Summerhour. I am founder of the Live Empowered Institute, and I'm a member of the International Coach uh, Divorce Coach Center of Excellence, the International Divorce Coach Center of Excellence. And I am the creator of the program, Divorce is Not a Destination, where I work with successful women who are in high profile positions, and they are looking for community support and confidentiality as they work through things around their breakups, and or their divorces. And I work with them primarily on four things. I kind of put things into these four buckets. One is accountability. I think it's the beginning to empowerment, but I want them to learn how to be accountable so they can take ownership and change the direction of their life. We work on alignment so that their life is in alignment with the things that they value. We work on communication so they learn to communicate with confidence and no guilt. And we work on trust because I believe once people learn to trust themselves, they'll understand that they actually are the person to make the best decisions in their lives. And they also learn that they are prepared to deal with whatever life brings to them. So that's the program. This is the podcast. And this is basically an extension of that program where I get to spend some time talking with my audience and talking about things around the, the issues of breakups and divorces and marriage. And it could cover the gamut from... Uh, how to deal with the children during the holidays to what should you be looking at in terms of getting your finances in order. And tonight I'm going to be talking about how to overcome your divorce with grace, how to overcome your divorce with grace. And I know for a lot of people, the divorce process is so, uh, so tumultuous. It is so difficult and it is so full of stress that the idea of trying to to, to use grace, trying to implement grace to get through it might seem like a foreign concept, but um, I picked this up from someone who actually wrote about her experience of doing it. And I think some of you may realize that at some point during your, during your divorce or during the process of getting divorced or afterwards, you may have had moments where you were practicing grace. And so what I want people to think about, if you are in the middle of a breakup right now or a divorce, or you're just out of one, and you're still struggling with your emotions, you're going to go through the grieving process. You're going to go through, we talked about this a few weeks ago, the, it's, the, it's just the, the process of losing something. And they say that divorce is only second to a death when it comes to the grieving process. So you're going to go through what might feel like a roller coaster. The question is, how are you going to go through those phases, right? And if you can figure out how to implement grace as a part of that process, it could be a lot easier for you emotionally and physically to not have your body, your, your psyche going through all of that, that hardship. So what was your divorce like? Was your divorce pretty smooth and easy? Or did you have a really difficult divorce where it was just really trying for you? And are you now still dealing with the aftermath of that? Um, let's talk about what grace is. So I, I actually looked it up this is one of those words that we say a lot. And then I like to look up definitions because it's always interesting to see what do other people say grace is and what does the dictionary say? So there are a couple of things. It could mean simple, 
uh, elegance or refinement. You know how somebody moves, you say someone moves gracefully. Or it could mean being courteous or using or, or practicing goodwill or honor and credit, you know, just good honor, someone or something that feels honorable when you're in their presence. So let's talk about it from courteous, being courteous and demonstrating goodwill to yourself, to yourself. Because if you can start with yourself, it's going to be a lot easier for you to extend it to other people. And yes, that could even mean your ex or your soon to be ex. Um, the thing is, can you maintain it? And how do you maintain a graceful attitude in the middle of one of the most difficult uh, experiences in your life? How do you do that? So I'm, I'm going through my notes here and I'm, I'm looking at, I didn't want to talk just from my experience. I'm actually looking at somebody else who I was reading up on, on what it took for them to do it. And I put together some of these steps based on what she had walked through with her own divorce, because I just liked the way she had, had worded these things. One of the things that she looked at is saying, you know, when you go through a divorce, very often we end up harping or focusing all of, on all of the negative stuff. This is the stuff we talk to our friends about when the breakup happens. That's the stuff that we harp on. It's the stuff that keeps us up at night. It's the stuff that makes us want to go out and get a drink. But what if you started looking at the positive things that come, that could come from your breakup or your divorce? Because they're in there and we just have to be able to peel the onion back and find out what they are. So what about the idea of showing grace when you understand that you now get to live your life to please yourself? You now get to live your life to please yourself. And you don't have to worry about that seeming like it's selfish. It's you being 100% okay with taking care of your needs, your wants, your desires. So you get to live your life by your own standards. So that's one way of being able to show some grace to yourself, to be really courteous and show goodwill to yourself is to realize, hey, I get to do things now for myself. And for, for some people, and I'm going to say women, you're going to hear me say women because I am one. And so I sort of am always thinking in that vein, but most of the people that I work with are women. And I happen to come from a family that's kind of top heavy with women. So um, it's easy for me to kind of think in terms of, of a woman's mindset. So men, if you're listening to this, I'm not excluding you. This just charge my, charge my head, not my heart. I'll, I'll try to do better to be uh, gender neutral, as they say. Um, but think about just being selfless with yourself to think about the things that you really wanted to do for yourself, where you don't have to now check with anybody else. Hey, Wanda, we're talking about overcoming divorce by using grace. And I'm at the first thing talking about living to please yourself and to not feel like, not to feel guilty about that or feel like you're being selfish. So this woman's example, she says, you know, after a long day of work, she could come home and the house was really quiet and it was so peaceful. And she just felt like I have all this positive energy, like it's serene now. Like I can just welcome myself into this peace and quiet in my home. And I was just saying how a lot of times when we're thinking about divorce, some people actually feel guilty thinking about the good things that could happen as a result of your divorce. But look at it this way. If you already know you're getting ready to have a breakup or you're about to go through a divorce or you're already in the middle of one, What's the point of only seeing bad coming from it? 
How, how is that going to benefit you down the road if the only thing you're feeling or experiencing or forecasting for yourself is negativity? So when you introduce grace into how you're going to get through your breakup or your divorce, that can look make things look a whole lot better. So the first thing is just think of, I don't have to please anybody but me now. And when I walk through the door of my house, I have complete and utter quiet and the serenity that you might not have had before. So you're not walking around on eggshells if that was your reality. You don't have to worry about what somebody else wants to eat for dinner. If you want to have a bowl of cereal for dinner, you can have a bowl of cereal and no, nobody's going to say anything. If you want to order out, you can do whatever it is that you want. Um, that means you can be quiet or loud. The house can be dirty. You don't have to clean all week if you don't want to. I mean, that would probably, oh, I could maybe get away with that for a couple of days. And then my dad would be in my ear going, are you serious? Um, because he was a, a little bit of a neat freak. But you just get to figure out how you want your space to feel and how you want to feel in it. So this idea of using grace is just cut yourself some slack. Show yourself just some love and give yourself a break to figure out what actually feels good for me now that I'm by myself. Because there are some amazing things that can happen now that you're by yourself. Um, you can do whatever you want. Uh, you can speak your mind. Um, there's a liberation. That's the word I was looking for. There is a liberation that can come from your divorce. This woman actually says when her divorce was thrust upon her, um, for her, it, that that's what that felt like. It felt like liber liberation. So you can live as a single person again and probably a lot better than you did the first time around, depending on how long you've been married and when you were single you get to be single and a heck of a lot smarter. You probably have a lot more resources, maybe even a little bit more disposable income, even though you're going through a divorce right now, you're going to be smarter probably with your money. And it could be a lot more fulfilling now being single than it was the first time around. So embrace that. And I will tell you that a lot of people going through divorce, the part about being single scares the crap out of them. And the reason is, it's easy to start worrying about stuff way down the road. You don't have to worry about dating right now. Um, you don't have to worry about going out and meeting people right now. You don't have to worry about some of that single stuff right now. Just the part of being single where you get to feel good about learning who you are now. What are the things that you like? Maybe stuff that you did when you were single 10, 15, 20 years ago, it doesn't even interest you. And maybe there were things that you wanted to do during this relationship that you didn't do or you felt like you couldn't do because your partner wasn't interested in them. So this is a good time to start writing this stuff down. If things are popping up, you can focus on yourself. You can focus on those hobbies that you had before or hobbies that you wanted to have that you didn't pick up. And so you get to really uh, investigate what your life can look like moving forward. This is a great time to do a vision board. It's a great time to do a vision board once you sit down and really start daydreaming about, hmm, what can this look like? Because this is the funny thing. And I think Dr. Dr. Dyer, D-Y-E-R, years ago, I was watching a, a show he was on. And he said, you know, we are really good at fantasizing about all the things that could go wrong. He said, when we start thinking about things, we can think of every single thing that could possibly go wrong. He said, and there's a 50-50 chance that everything could go right. 
He said, so why don't we spend the same amount of time or more daydreaming about what would happen if everything went right? If everything that I wanted to do or could do for myself right now actually could happen. So I'm going to challenge you to daydream about the positive stuff and stop fantasizing about negative stuff and calling it something else, because that's all it is. It's a fantasy. There's no proof that all the things that you think are going to go bad are actually going to happen. You're just making that up in your head and you're convincing yourself to believe it. So why don't you convince yourself to have some really crazy outlandish positive fantasies, right? Um, how about lunch and dinner or dinner or brunch or breakfast with some friends that you haven't been able to spend time with? Now, Maybe you were in a relationship and you had single girlfriends that you didn't spend a lot of time with because you're not single, you weren't single anymore and now you can. Maybe you had friends that one or two of you didn't get along with the other partner and so you just didn't hang out with them as a couple and now you can, you can renew these friendships. Maybe you start going to meetups or someplace and you start making new friends. Join a women's group. If you're a member of a church, join one of the auxiliaries. Um, I just joined a African-American women's uh, organization association here in Southern California so that I could start meeting some other people now that we're getting out from the pandemic. So look in your area and see what organizations are around there and go make some new doggone friends now that you're going to be single again. Um, meet some more folks and figure out what this new single life is going to look like for you with, with the free time that you have or the way that you can spend your time differently. Now, there probably will be some things that you missed doing uh, that you were married. There were probably some good times and some good things and good activities that you did and decide if you want to continue doing them. You know, maybe you like to go bowling and now maybe you have to find, maybe you don't have to, but maybe you decide find another bowling league to join, right? You don't have to be in the same league that you were in with your ex, but you shouldn't have to give up something that you enjoy doing just because you aren't with your ex anymore. So Find another bowling league if that's something that you used to like to do. Movies, hey, you can go to movies by yourself. Um, museums, all of these places, there are very few things that you can do with somebody that you can't do on your own. And like I was just saying, this is also a really good time to start finding some new things that you can do. Get on the internet and pretend you're a tourist and just look for activities in your area. Like literally just go on and Google or go to your local city or your county uh, calendar and find out what things are going around. And I'll give you some ideas because this is one of the things that I, I did. So the zoo and the safari park. So the safari park here in Southern California in Escondido is like one of my favorite places on, on the planet right now. And I actually found out about it because of my mom, a friend of hers volunteers there. And I fell in love with it so much that my sister, April, actually, that is my Christmas gift now. Two years running, she gets me a one-year membership to the safari park because I was making it a point to go at least once a month and spend a day at the safari park. So think about things like zoos.
came in to tell me no sound. <laughs> I had to take a phone call. It's a wonderful thing that I could actually do this on a live podcast. We're waiting for a technician to come to our house. So I had a feeling that might happen. Uh, so I think we're back. Wanda, give me a clap or somebody to let me know that you're back and you can hear me. I'm going to go with, she can hear me. I don't see any clapping yet. Let me make sure, but I think everybody can hear me. There we go. Okay. I see clapping. Thanks. So, um, focus on yourself. Think about hobbies. Think about activities. Think about places that you can go and you may have to, you may have to kind of be a little bit of a sleuth, a little bit of an investigator to figure out where are some of these places. So think of places that are going to help you find some calm or think about activities that you can do that are going to help you be relaxed and, and, and actually be in a state where you feel like grace, you feel graceful, you feel peaceful, you feel calm. There are, I've seen a couple of places here, especially near uh, the beach where they do yoga outside at the beach in the morning. So depending on where you live and what's going on with the weather this time of year, um, and maybe you find a yoga studio that's inside somewhere that you can go to just to give yourself that experience of being able to calm, to be calm and get your mind in a place where you can exercise grace. And, and it's easier to do when you can find a way to be still and quiet and really peaceful. And you're going to learn to breathe and, and all of those things. Another thing you might want to do is swimming. And for a lot of people, I know that's scary. If you don't swim, you never learn to swim. You're afraid of drowning. But going swimming, being in the water can be really, really calming, especially if you're just you can just walk back and forth across the pool um, so that it's just chest high. But think about doing something like taking a swimming class and learning how to swim. And if it's a fear, overcoming that fear, this is just such a good time for you to just get out of. I'm not going to say get out of your comfort zone. I'm going to say expand your comfort zone, expand your comfort zone. So. Trust that whatever it is that you figure you want to do, that God is going to give you what you need so that you can embrace whatever that thing is and be able to learn how to do it. And if it's a fear that you need to overcome, my mom used to used to tell me it's okay to be afraid. Take the fear with you. She said, just drag it along with you. And sooner or later, it'll get tired and it'll just fall off. So um, let's see here. Deal with the emotional aspect of your divorce. Um, figure out what is it that you can do every day that helps you deal with how you're feeling emotionally. And so figure out what happens. When do you have periods of your day where for, for whatever reason, the emotional part of your breakup or your divorce seems to be heightened and you got to figure out what the emotion is. Now, I, I really believe our emotions always stem from two places. They either come from a place of love or they come from a place of fear. And anything else that you want to call it, you can put it in one of those two categories. So if it's admiration and appreciation and joy, that's coming from love. If it's anger and frustration and feeling overwhelmed, that's coming from a place of fear. And if you keep peeling it back, you can figure out what is it that's causing me to be afraid right now that's got me angry, right? Where is this anger actually coming from? And it's okay for you to be angry. I'm not going to tell you not to have emotion because you're human and we're supposed to have them. Just figure out a way to process them, process the emotion in a way that's not going to harm you or harm somebody else. And, and that could be physical, mental, emotional harm. 
So make sure that you're identifying it and acknowledge whatever it is that you're going through and then figure out how do I want to process this today? So do I want to flip it? Am I feeling really crappy uh, every day at lunchtime? Because that was the time that maybe you always had a phone call with your ex. And now you're realizing I don't have that phone call and it just brings up all these memories of all the things that happened during your marriage or your breakup and you get angry. And so figure out what else can you do during that lunch hour instead of sitting there ruminating over the phone call that you're not going to have. Do you have a girlfriend that you can call? Do you have a book that you can read? Maybe you take a walk. Maybe you put on headsets and listen to some kind of music. Um, maybe you dance and just get rid of that energy. Figure out something else that you can do with that time, especially if you know this has been happening every day and it's dawning on you, crap, this is happening because I used to talk to her or him every day at this time. And now every day at this time, I find myself sitting here getting aggravated. So flip it. You have control over how all of this looks. You have control over what you decide to do when those emotions rear up. And this way you just, re, you just uh, redirect that emotion, right? You take that energy and turn it into something else. And once you do that enough times, you'll start realizing that you're not even thinking about the phone call that you're not having anymore because you will have figured out something positive and healthy to replace that with. So that's another way for you to find that, to be courteous with yourself, to be kind to yourself. And being kind to yourself means not letting, not beating yourself up. You know, very often we're blaming other people for how we're feeling. And the reality is we're the ones who are doing it to ourselves. So this is all about us showing grace to ourselves. You being graceful to yourself so that you can get over your divorce with grace and ease. My One of my coaches used to say that all the time, that run your business with grace and ease. I think we should be trying to run our lives with grace and ease. So um, are you on good terms with your ex? Are you on good terms with your ex? If the answer is yes, God bless you. Uh, good for you. If the answer is no, you're probably not alone and you know that already. And it could be both. It could depend on what's going on, uh, whether or not you are in, on good terms. Do you need to keep a certain amount of distance so that you can maintain this level of calm and grace in your life? That's a fair question. And it's, it's okay for you to figure out if that's what you need to do. Now, there's an exception to that. If you have children and they're young, it's probably going to be difficult for you not to have some interaction with your ex. And there are ways to navigate even that exchange. But let's first talk about the person who doesn't have any children. So you really don't have a reason that you have to deal with your ex. If you're going through a divorce, you've got attorneys for that, right? So allow your attorney to be the mediator and allow your attorney to be the one to communicate with their, their attorney or them directly. But you don't have to be the one getting involved in those conversations if every time you do, you realize it just takes you outside of yourself. You lose your grace. You lose your sense of peace. You're struggling to maintain your calm. All of that stuff is happening. You really need to separate yourself. Now, this isn't in, in here, but I'm going to give this to you anyway. It's like bonus stuff. This could probably be a whole nother show. How to deal with, how, how to not deal with your ex so that you can deal with your life. So social media. 
you're not on good terms, you're breaking up or you broke up, you're going through your divorce and you don't have children, get off of their social media. Just get off of it. Get off of their social media and block them from your social media. Now, some people will tell you that's petty. It's not petty. It's, you know, we live in a day and an age where you have access, people have access to you 24 hours a day because of this device that I'm talking to you on right now. You, you've got internet access, so they've got you on TikTok and your chat and your, your, um, your Facebook and your Instagram and your Twitter. There, there are so many ways, and, and now those things just pop up automatically. So once you're connected to somebody, I know for a while I was waking up and my dog on phone was giving me slide presentations of me and my ex every day. It seemed like every day it was like, oh, remember two years ago? It's like, I really don't want to remember two years ago right now. I really don't. Um, so get off of their social media and then go to your thing and block them on yours. That's if you have a personal profile or a professional page, you can block them. And you may need to ask family and friends, can you just like maybe not follow them so it's not popping up on your stuff either? because you need to have that disconnect and it is perfectly okay for you to have a safe, create a safe space for you to operate and live in as you basically detox from your ex. So go through the social media. If there are places that you know you're gonna run into them, you go to the same grocery store, pick a different time, find another grocery store. And this is not about, you know, some people will tell you, you're gonna have friends that are gonna say things like, well, you shouldn't have to adjust the way you're living your life. This is not about pride and ego right now. This is about sanity. This is about, <laughs> this is about your sanity and trying to overcome this breakup or divorce with grace and do what makes sense for you. If you need to go to a grocery store that's a half a mile away or go at a different time than when you would normally have been going with them, then do that. Because if, it, if it's easier to do that than to have to run into them someplace and know that there's this discomfort or this animosity or emotionally, you're just not in a place where you want to deal with that, then give yourself the time that you need to be able to process it because there will come a day when you're not as phased by it, right? That may not be today. So honor what you're feeling. Showing yourself grace means honoring what you're actually experiencing. Don't deny it. And don't try to force yourself to overcome it because people that are not going through this are telling you what they would do. What I, if I was you, I have a, I had a meme once that said, if you start a sentence with, if I were you, you're already in la la land because you're not me. They're not you. So they can't tell you what they would do in that situation. So protect yourself. You're, you're charged with guarding your heart. Scripture tells you to guard your heart. That's not just going into a relationship. You need to guard your heart when you're coming out of a relationship because it's even more sensitive. It's very likely that it's even more fragile at that point. So um, do the things that you need to do to make sure you feel good and safe and that you can maintain this level of grace that we're trying to slip into here. Um, divorce is rarely ever easy, even in the most amicable of divorces. You're not getting a divorce because you were best friends. Some people can become best friends, but you usually don't wake up one day and go, you know, I just love being around you so much. You're like my best friend. I trust you with my life. Let's get divorced. That's usually, that's usually not what happens, but you can develop a positive outlook on what your life is going to look like in the future. 
and use that to guide you. Let that be your anchor, that North Star that you continue to look for as you go through this breakup or this divorce. So I got a couple of self-reflection questions. And if anybody has anything they want to talk about or add, please, please hit the thing and let me know. And just another reminder, uh, you should see the link in the uh, little ticker tape. My ebook, Divorce is Not a Destination, is in pre-order right now. It will be shipping on August 1st. So I've got about five or so months, um, but you can pre-order it. So I want you to click that link. I want you to share that link with everybody you know and tell them to get their little 990 something copy of my ebook. And I'll soon be working on having a pre-order for the paperback book. It's a little bit uh, trickier to do that, but the pre-order right now for the ebook is already available. So click the link share the link and uh, get your copy so I can get my pre-orders in. Um, a couple of questions for you for self-reflection. Do I blame myself for my divorce? Do you blame yourself for your divorce? Now, um, this can be a hard thing to process. And the reason that I want you to think about these as we're talking about getting through your divorce or overcoming your divorce with grace is because if you're harboring a lot of guilt or you're feeling a lot of shame around the divorce because you're, you blame yourself for it. And maybe you did cause it. Maybe the divorce was your idea. Maybe there was infidelity on your part and your partner found out and said, I'm not putting up with this and I'm getting a divorce. And maybe there is some part of it that you blame yourself for. You want to work through that, you know, process that. And you want to get to a point where you are able to forgive yourself. You, you want to be able to get to a place where you can forgive yourself. It's really hard to demonstrate grace or to exercise grace on yourself, on your own behalf, when you are feeling guilt or shame, um, or you're just blaming yourself because basically you're beating yourself up while you're telling yourself, I want you to feel better. And that just doesn't even, it doesn't even sound right, right? Hearing that. So figure out how you're going to forgive yourself. And if you need to apologize to your partner, to your ex, Write them a letter. You, that, again, that doesn't have to be face-to-face. -face. Write the letter. Let the letter sit for a day or a week. <laughs> Go back and read it and decide, do I want to send this? Or was it good enough just for me to write it out so that I could get it out? And if that's all you needed to do, then throw it away. But if you really feel like you owe them an apology and you haven't done it, you're probably going to feel much better if you go ahead and do that. And so get the apology out. Humble yourself. And you're going to feel much better and you're going to feel um, you're going to be proud of yourself for doing it, no matter how difficult it is, because it's not to say that they didn't do some things that were also hurtful or harmful to you. And it's not to say that 100 percent of the blame was yours and they don't have any, but you can't be responsible for them. You can be responsible for how you're going to create an environment of grace for yourself. And if writing a letter of, of apology or calling and saying, I'm sorry, if you're able to do that is what helps you get there then do it. Um, the next one is, am I creating time and space for me to do some soul searching? And the soul searching could be part of, are you, did you blame yourself? And do I need to dig deep and see what was my responsibility? What can I be accountable for in this marriage breaking up or this relationship ending? And so when I talked to you earlier at the start, I always talk about, I work with women on four things. Accountability is, is one of those things. The reason is if you can own it and if you can face it and own it, it empowers you. If we blame the other person 100%, then 
then we don't have anything to work on and we don't have anything to empower ourselves with by saying, I can do better with this next time or this is something that I can own that I can fix. And so this is the rule. Let's say it's 100%, the divorce is 100% out there for somebody to own and you say that your ex is 99% responsible for your divorce. There's only 1% left. That 1% is yours. So guess what? You own 100% of that 1%. You own 100% of that 1%. So take that 1% and figure out what is what is that 1% that's all mine and what would I do differently next time? You know, what is it that I maybe could look back on and go, you know, maybe I could have done this a little bit differently or maybe I didn't need to do that at all or maybe the way I communicated. These are all things that you can do when you're doing your soul searching. The other part of soul searching is looking into your future. So you can do some soul searching now and go, what is it that I want for myself now? That part of my life is over. I can't, I'm not going to go back and redo that. My divorce is finalized. That breakup is really happening or it happened. And now I have an opportunity to look into my future. What do I really want for myself? Where do I want to be in 12 months and three years and five years? And just let, you don't have to make a decision right now, but let yourself daydream about what that might look like. How does it feel? Who are you with? Where are you traveling to? Let yourself experiment or uh, just experience all of that. What does it smell like? What kind of food are you eating wherever you are? What are some of the things that you want to try? Just have a complete sensory experience and, and go there. And then the third thing for self-reflection is how can I forgive my ex? How can I forgive myself, my ex? Because if you have taken ownership of the part that you think you did, anything that you might want to take ownership for or blame that you blamed yourself for, or you want to take responsibility for, I'm going to change that language, things that you want to, that you can take responsibility for. You're doing your soul searching about what you might've done differently or what you want for yourself in the future. You're going to be much closer to being able to sit down and say, I, I need to get to a place or I want to get to a place where I can forgive my ex. And I, look, I, I, if it hasn't happened to me, I know a woman that it's happened to. Now, that's pretty much anything you could imagine that could cause a relationship to end. And trust me when I tell you, you don't have to approve of what happened. You don't even have to understand what happened. And you can get to a place where you can forgive the person for doing it. And forgiveness just means I can accept what happened and I'm going to move on with my life. I'm going to move on with my life. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that that was how they chose to show up in this world. And I hate that I had to be negatively impacted by it. Um, and now I want to move on with my life. So, you know, they say forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's for yourself. You can forgive them and never, ever trust them again. You can forgive them and acknowledge something was wrong with that person for doing something like that to me. And say, and I, I have to figure out a way. I want to figure out a way to move on with my life. And in there is for me is where forgiveness is. I don't know that you ever have to tell them that. Um, it doesn't mean that when you see them in the supermarket, you're going to go have a coffee with them. No, doesn't mean that. It just means that you've been able to let go of what happened. You've been able to resolve the fact that it's old, it's done, it's not impacting you anymore. And whatever is left of it isn't for you to deal with at this point. You can basically give them back the part that 99% that you said was theirs. 
you could just hand that back to them and say, you know what, that's yours and I'm not going to deal with it anymore. So this is how you can look at your divorce or your breakup and overcome that breakup, that pain, that experience, your divorce with grace. Use grace to help you move forward into your life so that you have a better, a better uh, experience as you move out of that experience. So let me see if I have anybody here that wants to jump in and share something before I wrap up. I'm glad we were able to get through without our, our technician showing up here, banging on the door. Let me see here. All right, great, 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 great. Well, I'm glad. Thank you, Wanda and Mom, for hanging in here with me this evening. And I will be back here next Thursday. But before I go, I want to remind you you can click uh, the link. If you click the uh, link in the little ticker tape, the box will open up and you'll see the URL. And you can actually click that right now and it will take you to the uh, Amazon page, actually. Or if you go to Amazon, just type in divorce is not a destination and you'll see my book cover and you can order your copy of divorce or pre-order. I'm sorry, you can pre-order your copy of divorce is not a destination. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Summerhour. And until next time, remember your life, your journey and divorce is not a destination. Created live on Fireside.